Well, we're gonna talk about evangelism today. What a good segue. For the last, um, last week, I started a new series called Step Into. And last week, I talked about stepping into servant leadership. Now, I don't know who attended class this morning, but we're having a deep dive into what servant leadership really means in a church, church culture, all those kinds of things right here on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. for the next three weeks. And so I wanna encourage you and invite you to come to that class. All right, it's for, it's for 45 minutes long and uh, Pastor Mario is teaching it. He's, he's, gonna do a, he's doing a bang up job with it. I know he's done a lot of preparation for this. And so I just wanna encourage you to come to that class because it's a deep dive into look into what the Bible really talks about when it comes to about church culture, servant leadership, what that really means. But we talked about, we're, 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 we're diving into stepping into what this means. You know, a lot of people are afraid because, uh, afraid of, 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 of doing the next thing for God or, or giving their lives fully over to Jesus because they have this idea that if I do this, then everything, like everything's gonna change. I want you to know that God's not interested in the destination. He's only interested in the journey with you. Let me say that again, because maybe you're in this place right now where you're feeling a little bit like, 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 oh my gosh, it's so much pressure. There's so much to do. I, I don't know if I can ever measure up to God's expectations of me. God's not interested in where you end up. He's only interested in the next step that you take with him. It's called the journey of God. Psalms chapter 37 verse 23 says it like this. The steps of a man are established by the Lord and he delights in his way. There's a version of the Bible called the Berean Study Bible. This is how it says that. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord who takes delight in his journey. See, if we can just commit, if you can just commit to just taking the next step, just take the next step, I believe that you'll begin to see the gates of heaven and the floodgates of heaven open over your life. If you just simply obey, listen, and obey the voice of God, the impressions, the leading of him, because the steps of a righteous man, they're already ordered for you. Now, where we decide to step, God's not expecting you to get to point uh, Z. He's only expecting you to get to point B. And even between A and B, there's a lot of little things that have to happen, but they're not going to happen if we don't move. They're not going to happen if we don't simply just take a step. A lot of us try to speculate our future. A lot of us try to speculate what we think might happen. I want you to know, don't live in speculation because that's the devil's playground. Because speculation will only keep you away from the promises of God right now. And if we just simply just take a step in the next direction, in the next thing that God's laying on our heart to do, then he'll do that. So we're gonna talk about evangelism. Last week we talked about serving leadership. Today we're gonna talk about taking your step in evangelism. And I said the word evangelism. And when I say that, there's people who go... That means I have to talk to people. <laughs> that means I have to share my faith. And see, even in that idea and even in that thought, a lot of us think that we have to have all the ins and outs, that we have to know the Bible in and out, that you're going to get into some debate. I want you to know evangelism is not debate. You're not trying to, you're not trying to educate someone into the gospel. You're trying to show the power and the love of Jesus Christ to them. It's, very, it's pretty simple. It's what it comes down to. So Romans chapter 10, verse 14 says this and on. How then, how then are they to call on him and whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? I love preaching. 
You're the preacher of your own life. Right? Because the stone, the tablet is written on your heart. That's your message. Verse 15, but how are they to preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. I firmly believe that God wants to partner with you in evangelism. He wants to partner with you in evangelism. And in evangelism, goes, there's a lot of different shapes and sizes to evangelism. There's not just one stream. We're going to talk about one easy way today. I'm going to give you some very extremely practical tools because at this church, if you're new with us, you have to understand that we don't come here just to spectate. Okay, we come here to participate and we want to help encourage you and equip you. It's why our worship time is a little bit more expressive than maybe in some other places, because we're not interested in putting on a show for you. We're interested in touching and engaging and encountering the real Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in your life. Just imagine, just imagine physical, long beard. I like to think that Jesus looks a lot like Quentin. You don't know Quentin, everybody watching online, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? I like to think Jesus would look like Quentin. Big old long beard, super skinny. <laughs> Just the right skinny. Whatever that means, right? Plugs in his ears, tattoos all over his body. And people say, oh, you can't have tattoos. If Look, they said the same thing about Jesus. I'm not saying Jesus had tattoos, but they always said the things he couldn't do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we need to stop putting stipulation on what God calls good. You don't hear what I'm saying. Stop putting God in this little thing called the box where we only say God can only move here. God can move wherever he wants to, however he wants to, and with whoever he wants to. Yeah, you may not like it, but so what? Swallow your dislikes and learn to love people outside of your paradigm. Okay. So here's Quentin, I mean Jesus. <laughs> right? Just imagine a physical Jesus, the one who was with the 12, the one who walked with him. If he was with you holding your hand while you were trying to evangelize and go out there and do it, what would stop you from doing that? Come on, somebody answer me. What was nothing, right? If you knew that Jesus was right there with you, right, physically in person, what would stop you? Would you be scared? Why would you be scared? Jesus is right here with you. Are you nervous? Why would you be nervous? Jesus is right there. Are you, whatever the case is, you're afraid of looking a little bit embarrassed? Look, Jesus is right there with you. He's embarrassed with you. He says, yes, I'm for you. Come on, we're gonna do this together. How much greater it is to know that he may not be there physically in person, but he's there with you. In the, in the residence of your heart because he put his name on your heart and he sealed it and he stamped it and he says, I am yours and you are mine. And there's no way in the world that I'll ever leave you or forsake you. I want you to know that if you are in Christ today, that you are in good company because you are in a place where you will never, ever, ever be lonely again. He is with you always. He's with you always. 
But the reality is that we put too much pressure on ourselves to make things happen. That's why most people don't evangelize. That's why so many people are afraid to share their faith or afraid to pray for somebody out because we expect that, that there's so many things that we have to do in order to make this thing happen that we feel like we gotta close the deal. God's not expecting you. Hear what I'm saying here today. Hallelujah, and I hope you hear my heart on this. God's not expecting you to save and to, and to save everybody that you talk to. All the expectation is from, us to, from him to us is just to simply obey, no matter what that looks like. To listen and to be obedient. Yeah, it's gonna require a little bit of selflessness. Yes, it may require a little bit of, 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 of risk and a little bit of faith. It may require a little bit of intestinal fortitude to go up to somebody that maybe you don't know and say, can I pray for you? But God's not expecting you to close the deal. So don't let that be something you're afraid of where we go, I can't do it because I know it's not gonna happen. Listen, stop, again, stop living in the world of speculation. You don't know what's gonna happen. All you know, need to know is that when you listen to him, just be obedient and whatever happens, happens. Just think about how much pressure that should alleviate from us when it comes to evangelism. Let me encourage you, don't worry about any of that stuff. Just take a step. Just take a step. That's all that matters. Just take the next step. Just step into that calling of evangelism that's in your heart and your life. Every single one of us it's called to do two things. Number one, every single, three things. Every single one of us is called to pray. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Every single one of us is called to worship. And every single one of us is called to share the good news. Yeah. Every single one of us. That's not really my calling, Pastor. I'm not really an evangelist. Stop it. Stop it. Stop thinking that way. Because you never know that you might be the answer to someone's prayer. You never know that you might be the answer to a mom's prayer who's praying for their son to say, God, just encounter my son today. You never know if we just simply live in a posture of obedience just to step out, no matter how difficult it might be. You never know what answer you might be giving to the prayer that's being prayed by the mom, by the grandma, by the dad, by those people around them. Every single one of us is called to be an evangelist. One of the greatest evangelists in the Bible, and I'm gonna read the whole story because it's an amazing story, so I need you to follow along with me. It's found in Acts chapter eight, verse 26 through 40. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, turn there so you can mark it and you can, you can do all those things to it. Even put a date by it because I think God's gonna speak something to your heart from this. Acts chapter eight, verse 26 through 40, and here's what it says. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. I love Philip. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, someone say the word saying. saying. Angel of the Lord spoke to the word Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and he went. Someone say he got up and went. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit of the Lord said to Philip, someone say, said. said. 
Then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So Philip ran up. Someone say ran up. Philip ran up and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a, slam, as a lamb before his shears is silent so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. Verse 34. The eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. Someone say opened his mouth. Then Philip opened his mouth and began reading from this scripture. He preached Jesus to him. I love that. He preached Jesus to him. Let me just pause right there and say this, that so many people think evangelists, right, are people that hold three-day meetings at churches. What a great evangelist. I'm not saying that they're not called, and I'm not saying there's not a gifting for that. There's not an office of the evangelist, because there is an office of the evangelist. And when I say office, it's part of one of the fivefold gifts of the church found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. It is one of the things to equip and encourage the saints for the work of the ministry, Right? But an evangelist is not somebody who comes to a church, preaches, blows up, blows in, and blows out, okay? An evangelist is the foundation to a church, of any church. And especially the spirit of evangelism is foundational to any kind of church, verse 36. And they went along the road, and then they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, water. I love that. What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord, I love this, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotoas, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. And I love this story. Not because of the miraculous thing that happened. Not because, which I think is one of the coolest things, he got snatched and then disappeared. I mean, just, I mean, just picture that for a second, right? Here you are standing next to somebody. You just came out of the water, right, getting baptized. And all of a sudden, bang, you're gone. And you show up in a whole other place. Whoa. What just happened? Look, these things aren't just kind of a story that we read. These are literal things that took place. And I believe that it was good enough for the book of Acts in Acts chapter 8 that it's good enough for right now in 2022. I believe that this kind of stuff can, is, and should, and is going to start happening even more across our country and across this world. As the Lord is preparing for his return, we're going to see the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the purity of the signs, wonders, and miracles begin to come back to the church in a very powerful and real way, where you'll be standing next to somebody at Menards. Hey, you know, Jesus, right? Oh, good. Look, there's the water hoses. Shall we get baptized? Yes. Jesus' name, boom, and then boom, and then the next thing you know, you're at Home Depot, right? That's what I call evangelism, baby, right? But we have to get to that point 
that we just simply take the next step. And the reason why I love this story so much is not because of all the cool things that happened, not even because this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch actually believed that Jesus was the son of God, which I think that's probably the most amazing thing in the story. But what's really awesome and encouraging is this, is that Philip had no idea what was gonna happen. Philip had no idea what was going to take place. He didn't get a download, and God didn't tell him, hey, by the way, Philip, you're going to run up to the chariot, okay? You're going to run up to the chariot, and then after you pray, I'm going to take you away and place you someone else. He didn't know that. All that he knew was that he heard God, and he obeyed. He heard the Holy Spirit say to him, go to this place. So Philip, living in a posture, in an alignment where he said yes to God, because your yes is an invitation for God's more in your life. He said yes. He lived in that atmosphere, that posture, that alignment with him. And so when he heard the Holy Spirit, and when he heard God say, go over here and do this, he just instantly went. Why? Because he wanted to see God's glory performed rather than himself. And what we do a lot of the times now, when you're sitting at Walmart or you're walking through, which by the way, I went to Walmart the other day. I haven't been to Walmart forever. We need Walmart evangelists. We need Walmart to walk the fruits, walk the ice cream aisles. Walmart needs Jesus, right? All that he knew was was, was, I got to go do this. And what we tend to do is, oh God, I, I'm, I got to get eggs, man. Like I don't have time. No, look, let's begin to live in a posture of where we say yes to what God is speaking. We say yes to what God is speaking. So you want to be an engaging, successful, vibrant believer? Listen to God and do what he says. Pretty simple. Pretty easy. I love talking to seasoned Christians. Our fourth quarter saints is what we call them. I love talking to them because they get rid of all the mumbo jumbo, all the hoorah. And I ask them, I'll ask a Francis Jones, how did you continue to keep so engaging with God? He just said, I listened to him and I obeyed him. You want to have a life that's engaging in Christ? Listen to him and obey him. So what does it mean to listen to the voice of God? I'll put it to you really easy. It's an impression that you get. For me, personally, for me personally, I'm to the point now in my walk and my journey with God that I I feel like I hear the voice of God. And it's just a still, small voice. It's not this rolling thunder, okay? It's not some boom and the lightning shoots through me. It's just a small whisper. Another way that God speaks to me is through, through uh, pictures. I'll get a picture of something happening, a picture of something take place, and I've just learned and I've grown and matured to know how that isn't me thinking that because in and of yourself, you don't do anything good. Only thing good and perfect gifts comes from heaven above, right? So when you think these things, then you go and be obedient to them and you do them. Again, it's not about what happens on the other end of that. It's all about how we respond to the Father. So, as we wrap up here today, I want to introduce you to a tool of evangelism. Okay, a tool of evangelism that I practice personally in my own life. Okay, 
And this has nothing to do with winning the lost. It has nothing to do with praying the sinner's prayer. See, if we make that the goal, we've actually missed what the word of God says. God calls some to plant. God calls some to water. But God is the one that always does the harvesting. Okay, that's what your Bible says. And this is all about just planting and watering. Because if the only thing in our mind is to always just go and win the loss, that I gotta close the deal, that I gotta pray the prayer, the salvation prayer, and boom, another one chucked in my belt, we missed it. That's not living in the kingdom, right? That's not what, now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, and I'll never not encourage you to do that, but what I'm saying is don't let that be the end goal. Let the goal be to listen to God and be obedient to his voice. That's what matters. So I'll introduce you to this tool. It's called treasure hunting. And do you know what I'm talking about? Back in, it feels so weird that I'm going to say this, but back in the late 90s, <laughs> I actually used to go to church and teach treasure hunting. What that meant, I would go and equip the church to go and do evangelism stuff. There's two categories that I fall in the most. The second one for me, my strongest gift is evangelism. As you can tell, if you've been here at the church for any amount of time, you'll know that everything here is scented and tinted with evangelism. Everything. Hey, we're going to have a Mother's Day. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about winning the lost. <laughs> you know, it's pretty rare that we'll do something here just for church's sake. We do everything with the goal in mind of winning people to Jesus and introducing them to a new life in Christ. Right? So treasure hunting. So just a quick synopsis, and I'll give you five quick points on what treasure hunting really is. You can play some music back there, Alex, nice and, nice and quiet. So the, the base foundation of treasure hunting really is listening to God and being obedient to that, to being obedient to his voice. So it's kind of like this. What you would do in a treasure hunting, when you're, when you're living in this kind of area, when you're living in this place, what you would do is you would ask God, God, I need you to give me clues. I need you to give me little treasures, little, little, little clues that I can be aware of in my day-to-day, -day, okay? In my day-to-day. -day. And then, so that way, you now, okay, you now become aware that God's gonna speak to you. So then you write these things down on a piece of paper, no matter what that treasure is, no matter what that clue might be, okay? Let's just say, in, for instance, in your mind, you get red shoes. Again, don't think to yourself, I would never think red, that red shoes, that's crazy. No, just write it down. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you because what you're doing is, is you're inviting him to come and speak to you things that you can do to go and evangelize, okay? So you write down red shoes, red shoes, psh, red shoes. You got that on a piece of paper with you, you stick it in your pocket and you're mindful of red shoes all day long. Whether you're at work, shopping, basketball games, soccer games, whatever the case is. So now our responsibility now is to watch and look for red shoes, right? So you look for the red shoe and you go, oh, red shoe, I see a red shoe. And it's the, more than likely be the only red shoe that you see all day long, right? So you see the red shoe and you go over to that person and you say, look, I prayed for you this morning and you pull out that piece of paper. You say, God spoke to me today. I was gonna meet somebody with red shoes. 
right? And then you ask that person, is there anything that I can pray with you about? God actually has a divine appointment where he wants to speak to you. So is there anything I can pray with you about? Not, can I, can I share the love of Jesus with you? Or can I, can I coach you? You know, it, this, <laughs> there was an evangelism tool that actually tricked people into the gospel. Oh, so you lie? So that means you're a liar. I won't say the name of the program, okay? But I'd rather just have the grace and the love of Jesus with people. And so you see Red Shoe, Red Shoe. Um, can I ask your name? Well, my name's Bill. All right, Bill. Um, anything I can pray with you about? Is there anything going on in your life that I can pray with you about? Yeah, well, actually, um, I was, uh, I just got into a car accident and I hurt my knee. I'm not going to the doctor for it, but I just, it just, it's just kind of painful. Well, I'll tell you what, Bill. I'm here. I'm a believer in Jesus. Do you mind if I pray with you? God I, I obviously wants to talk to you because he put red shoes on my paper this morning. So now that person becomes the treasure. So you're treasure hunting. So you're looking for the treasure. You're purposely looking for a God opportunity. Then you pray, you pray for his knee, and then you ask, how does it feel? And that person may go, I don't feel anything. Praise God, let me pray one more time for you. Is that okay, you got 10 seconds? See, don't worry about you know, calling down fire, okay? This isn't, this isn't like a time where you gotta like put candles in a circle and go, okay God, this is what's gonna happen. Right here is where you, no, no. Look, I'm gonna say something that might cause a little bit of weirdness, but you are the portal of heaven when you're walking around. Heaven's with you, right? Jesus is with you. We already established that at the beginning. And so you just pray again. And if nothing happens, guess what? That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is obedience. That's your responsibility is obedience. So five quick things about treasure hunting. Number one, submit your inabilities, your insecurities, and your pride to God. One thing that keeps people away from evangelism is pride. Because they think they have to do something. You don't have to do anything but simply be obedient. Number two, ask God for clues and write them down. And this is something I'm actually going to challenge you with. I'm going to challenge you that when, here in just a few moments, we're going to practice this. And we're gonna ask God, God, will you speak to me a clue that I can look for for the remainder of my day? And you're gonna write it down on your phone, on a piece of paper, on your hand. Maybe not on your hand, because I hope you wash your hands, okay? You're gonna write that down somewhere so that way you're aware. You're aware, okay? So just... Write those things down. And whatever you hear is God. At least even consider it as God. I remember doing this practice where I wrote down plaid shirt. Wrote down plaid shirt and the, and the name Bob. Okay? Wrote down plaid shirt and the name Bob. And I wrote down Walmart because, again, Walmart needs Jesus. <laughs> what a great fertile soil for evangelism. 
right? But I also heard the word shoe aisle. And I went, okay. So I went there with a couple of other people and we purposely went to go do treasure hunting. And so I walked into Walmart, went back to the shoe aisle because that's where I felt like I needed to go. I waited there for about an hour. People probably thought I was crazy. Like, haven't you found shoes yet? <laughs> Yo, man, let's go, right? But here I am, this lady walks up and I thought to myself, you know what, I missed it. I got it wrong, I missed it. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna leave the shoe aisle without praying for somebody. So I said, okay, um, lady, what's your name? I didn't say it like that, okay? But I said, what's your name? And I forgot her name. I said, you know, um, we're, we're, we're out here praying for people. Is there anything I can pray with you about? And she just totally ridiculed me. She says, I'm, get out of here with that Jesus stuff, man. I'm not a Christian. God doesn't exist. Now, the normal person, because of the culture that we live in, wants to debate that. We want to get into this, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. That's not the love of God. So I politely said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I didn't mean to bother you. And I walked out to the parking lot of Walmart. Knowing in the back of my mind, I'm looking for plaid shirt, guy named Bob. So I went to the parking lot. I walked out, talking with my, my buddies. I said, well, that was fun. <laughs> totally missed that one, right? And then I saw at the uh, handicapped parking spot, a guy with a plaid shirt on, a red plaid shirt on. And I went, bingo, at least give it a shot, right? At least try, that's the clue. So I walked up to this gentleman, he was getting in his car with a cane, and I said, hey, you know, I was praying today, I pulled out my list, and, and I said, is your name Bob? I said, is your name Bob? No. I said, well, God laid on my heart that I was gonna meet somebody here today with a plaid shirt, and you got a plaid shirt on? And he said, well, it's just a coincidence. I said, I know, but I said, is there anything I can pray with you about? And he goes, well, actually, my name is Robert. Oh, it's super cool, man. Right? Bob, Robert, tomato, tomato. Right? I said, oh, Robert, God's got a plan for you today. Right? I said, what's there in your body I can pray with you about? And it wasn't the cane. It wasn't the bad knee. It was that he was just going to go into surgery because he had really bad asthma. And they're going to open up his lungs with some stuff. And he was really nervous about it. I said, oh, Robert, let me pray for you. And all that I did... Do I know what happened after that? No, I wish I could follow up with it. But that gave me the opportunity to just minister. Jesus. So write those clues down, no matter how crazy they might be. See, if it wasn't for the shoe aisle, me getting rejected, I would have never met Bob. <laughs> crazy how the kingdom works, right? So look for those clues during your day. Keep your eyes and your ears open. Be aware of those things and just simply take a step. Number four, pray for that person. You're the answer to someone's prayer that's being prayed, like I said before. You never know what they have prayed or who is praying for them. My son doesn't remember this, but I took Samuel. We used to love to go to the China Buffet when he was little. Go figure. <laughs> love China Buffet in Fairmont, Minnesota. And... Uh, I took Samuel there because, you know, it's, 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 it's the parent's responsibility to train their child in the way they should go. Not to China Buffet. <laughs> Crazy people. 
but evangelism. So I took Samuel to China Buffet because egg rolls were awesome. And you always just get those chicken on a stick. You know what I'm talking about? They were red. We used to call them rats on a stick. <laughs> Side note. And uh, um, so, so I took them there with the purpose of that. So I, I had down, I had down on my clue, on my treasure hunting clue sheet, this is what I mean by somebody praying that you don't know who you're gonna be the answer to that prayer. And I'm just about done, okay? So I had down hat, Hispanic, white shirt. Okay, pretty specific. So I'm sitting there at China Buffet because it's a good place to hang, but you also get fed at the same time. And no one judges you, okay? So I'm sitting there with Samuel and I asked Samuel, I said, Samuel, um, do you see God laying anything on your heart that you could pray for today? That's what I asked Samuel. And then Samuel saw this little boy sitting at a, sitting at a, at a booth playing toys. And Samuel loves toys. Right? Samuel said, let's go play, let's go. Can I go play with that kid? I said, let's go. That's what we're here to do. When I walked up, hat, white shirt, Hispanic father. All because my son wanted to play toys. He was treasure hunting, he didn't even know it. Right? I walked up to the table and said, whoa. Pulled out my sheet. I said, God spoke to me today that I was gonna meet you. I said, what's your name? And he told me his name. And he says, I don't believe God's real. I don't believe God's real at all. So we had this little conversation about God not being real. I said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that you don't think he's real or that he's not for you, but he's definitely for you and, he's, and he loves you. And I said, I just really feel like I, can I pray with you about something specifically? Is there anything that I can pray with you about? Then after a couple of minutes, taking my time, he broke down in tears right in the middle of the China buffet. And he said, this morning I prayed that if God didn't send someone to me with an encounter that I was going to give up faith, totally turn my back away from him and walk away. You never know the answer that you might be to someone's prayer. Obedience, take the step. So pray for that person. The last one is you'll grow to walk in that posture. You will grow. That sheet of paper that you have, you won't need that anymore because you'll always just be aware. God will say to you, striped shirt. God will say to you this. God will say to you that. God will say to you that. As you begin to take your step, you'll begin to grow and mature in this. So let's take two minutes. Actually, one minute because it doesn't take long. I want us all just to close your eyes. Get ourselves in a posture to hear God. Okay? And let's ask him. And you're going to write this down on your phone, whatever he speaks to you. Okay? Right? So Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would give us clues to find the treasure that you want us to pray for today. I promise you, he's always faithful to speak to you if you, if you want him to. And all you introverts just gotta not be introvert for a little bit. So Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. What is it that you would want us to do? Speak to us the clue. In Jesus' name, amen. Now write whatever it is down. Write it down. Physically write it down on your phone. Type it in. Do something.
How many of you guys feel God spoke something to you? Just something. Good, 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 good. I wanna challenge you with this. The reason why I'm challenging you with this is because I believe that God wants to use you in co-partnering with him on what he's doing. It's not gonna be about a church that has great worship. It's not gonna be about a church or a body of believers who has great programs anymore. It has to be about the people. Always has to be about the people. Understanding who they are in Christ. Remember, our theme verse, our theme word for this year is identity. Understanding who you are in Christ, that way you can walk according to what he speaks. And we're gonna see revival happen, not because God's gonna blow up something. No, we're gonna see revival happen because people just simply take a step. That's it. Plain and simple, easy. Listen to God, obey God. So this afternoon, this week, okay, during the course of your week, remember your clues. Be mindful of those. Walk out to your jobs, to your grocery stores, to all the places, mindful of the clues that he just spoke to you. And when you see the clue, just go and ask. I don't mean to bother you, but can I take 10 seconds of your time? Can I pray with you about something? I did this last week at Top Shots. I went to go shoot pool with Samuel. Asked the bartender, bartender, is there anything I can pray with you about? His grumpy face turned to a smile real quick. No, I'm okay. Okay, great. Awesome. Walked downstairs, heard people talking on the phone. He's unconscious. He's, he's not doing really well. And I thought they were talking about one of their family members that lived somewhere else. So I walked up to him and I said, hey, is this you guys? Are you guys okay? Is there anything I can pray with you about? And they said, no, but that guy over there sure needs prayer. Laying on the floor, totally unconscious, right in front of Phases. And I saw his Viking hat and I went, I got a Viking hat on. Of course, Vikings are awesome, right? See, Vikings will always lead you to the promises of God, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> had a Viking hat on. He had a Viking hat on, okay? I said, well, he's a Viking fan, so I guess I got to go pray for him. And the guy standing there calling on the phone to the police, they're like, what the heck are you talking about? So I walked over to the gentleman unconscious on the floor, kneeled down beside him, put my hand on his shoulder. He was breathing, thank God because I would have prayed for him to come back to life. Okay, I would have, that would have been my first mode. And then I would have probably tried to resuscitate him in some way, because I am CPR certified, okay? But prayer first. And so, and so, and so I put my hand on his shoulder and I began to pray for him. I checked his vitals first, make sure he was good. And then I prayed for him. Then while I was praying, while I was praying for him, his hand lifted up. And then he began to mumble words right on the floor. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what's gonna happen of this. All I know is I was obedient. That's it. That's all that matters. Quentin, driving down the road the other day, sees a car wreck. And instead of us getting mad, instead of Quentin getting mad, going, going, oh, look at this line of cars. Quentin goes, baby, take the wheel. I'm gonna get out and jump, jump out and pray for these people. So Quentin jumps out, whew gets out of his car, runs to the middle of the median there, right? And he starts praying for these people that have just gotten into a car accident. One guy's writhing on the floor in pain, right? The other one's complaining. Quinn's like, calm down, we're gonna pray. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. <laughs> and the reason why I know this is because I drive by. Me not being spiritual enough going, come on, these cars lined up like this. <laughs> right? I see Quentin out the window. I roll down my window. I go, you good, man? I thought he got into a car accident. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. Just praying for people. I was like, sweet, man. Awesome. See, here's the thing. Let's be a people that are living on purpose, for purpose. That's evangelism. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for everything you've done today. Got to honor you and I love you with everything that you are, Jesus. And I would be doing a disservice today while everyone's heads bowed and eyes are closed. I'd be doing a disservice today if I didn't ask this question. I don't know your story. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what's going on in your life. Some of you I do because you come to church here, but some people I just don't understand what's going on in your life, but only God knows. And if you're here this morning and maybe you've given your life over to Jesus at least once before, but you know lately your life hasn't been right with God, I'm telling you right now, the Bible says that today, right now is the day of salvation. And that simply means just coming back to him, coming back into his fold, coming back into his arms and letting him show you his grace and begin to mold you and shape you. So if that's you this morning and you need a touch from Jesus, you need to rededicate your life. You need to recommit. You need to give your life over to him one more time to say, God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done, but I'm ready, Father, to give you everything that I am today. If that's you, can you just raise your hand and put it right back down if that's you? <laughs> Is there anybody here this morning that says, that's me? Praise God, so we're all family, huh? So since we're all family, put your hands in the air. Oh man, I don't know, Pastor, that's weird to me. It's all right, just, you'll be okay. Because when we live in a life in a posture of surrender, this is what this means, it's surrendering to the Lord. So Father, today, in Jesus' name, I commit to giving you everything that I am, my insecurities, the impossibilities, the things that I'm not great at, to see the kingdom of God and to see the gospel of evangelism, Father, and the gospel of your glory and your love be distributed, God, into the area that I live in, to the six feet around me, Jesus. Everything that I am, God, is dedicated to win souls and make disciples. Father, I'm yours. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen.